but I'm going to jump through some of these hoops here, and we're going to get rolling. Second Chronicles chapter 29, I'm going to start in verse 1. Hezekiah began to reign when he was 5 and 20 years old. He reigned 9 and 20 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, had done. He, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street. And he said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of the out of the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God, and have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. We're going to jump down to verse 10. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. Verse 5. There's a key verse. We'll read it to you once more. It's our text. Getting back up. Getting back up. Pastor, would you please pray for us? may be seated. The last season of your life does not have to determine the rest of your life. If you were at one time up and you got knocked down, that does not mean that you have to stay down. You can get back up. Spiritually, you can get back up. Hezekiah is a great example of that. His father was a king, the king of a, of a region of Israel that was called Judah, the southern part. And this man, who was a wicked king, Hezekiah's father, had closed the house of God, closed the doors of the house of God. He died and Hezekiah became the king. Hezekiah did not have to follow in the footsteps of his father, but he wanted to follow in the footsteps of God. And the Bible tells us the first thing that he did in the first month of his reign was open up the doors of the house of God and he cleansed everything. He wanted for Israel, he wanted his people not to stay down spiritually, but to get back up. And that's the exhortation, get back back up. Amen. So we're going to look at two things, cleansing the temple and the worship in the temple. Maybe you were dreaming of a white Christmas. However, if you were out in Buffalo, New York, your dream turned into a nightmare because they had a winter storm that pummeled them. If you believe they got, they were one of the hardest hit areas in the United States. The governor said this was one of the worst snowstorms that they had ever faced. Hurricane winds, 40 miles an hour. At the airport, the snow stood 43 inches. 
There were some spots where the snow drifts were a foot or two, and it, and it kept on coming. And so they were having those, that, that negative seven that we got while we, were, while we were here, they got it worse over there. You couldn't be out more than 10 minutes and get frostbite. It was treacherous. People were traveling back and forth. And this was on Christmas that this was reported. People were traveling and going different places, and they were getting stuck trying to get back home to Buffalo. There was one man who got stuck, stayed in his car for 29 hours charging his phone because he could not move. He could not move his vehicle. He couldn't open the doors. He couldn't get out because he was being pummeled by the snow. Vehicles that were supposed to be helping people through emergency situations, they were stranded as well. And so it was a, a very tense situation. They had one warming center. What's that? It's more like a shelter where people can go and get warm if their house is not warm. Many people were out of power. Nationwide, 1.7 million people at one time were out of power at the same time. So you can imagine how, how, how it was where people were facing this. But a man named, and I, I get, it, get this right here, Dit Jack Ilunga. He was from Maryland. He was back on his way. He was just trying to get home from Ontario. He ended up traveling through Buffalo. And on that Friday before Christmas, he got stuck. He spent hours with the engine running, and he ran out of gas. And so the winds were pummeling his car. His two daughters and his Pomeranian were in the vehicle. And they were getting colder and colder. Looking on his phone, he found that there was a warming sensor where he would have to get out of his vehicle to get over there. And he made a decision right then. I'm not going to sit in this car and die. I'm not going to let my family die. We're getting out of this car, and we're going to make it there. We're going to try. And so he got out of the vehicle. He got his two daughters. One of them grabbed the Pomeranian. He put a six-year-old on his back, and the 12-year-old went behind him. And as he trudged through the snow, that one 12-year-old had trudged also through that foot, going in his footsteps. And all he could think about was, I got to get to that next place. I've got to keep on going. He kept on walking, kept on moving. And then he finally made it there. He cried when he got there. He said, boy, this is, the, this, this is hard, but I'll never forget this. One lesson that he learned, you got to get up and you got to go. Don't sit in one place and die. You got to keep on going. Hezekiah, he felt that same way, looking at the tense situation, looking at the winter of, of Israel, looking at all the things that his dad had done and brought this very bad, cold, spiritual situation over his land. Dad wasn't a good man. The Bible talks about the various kings that when you read in Second Chronicles, if you're not a Bible reader, you ought to be. You get to see what it is that you need to learn and how to do what you need to do to live for God. And so they had kings, various kings. You read about it in the, in the Old Testament. There was a good king, and then they had a son. There was a good king, and the next king, he may be a bad king. That bad king, he may have a son, and then there will be a good king. Here a king, there a king, everywhere a king, king. 
Israel and Judah had a lot of kings, E-I-E-I-O. Wake up. <laughs> so Ahaz, he wasn't a good man. And so he died. He was worshiping idols and he closed the house of God. And there was a cold spiritual situation over there in Israel. But Hezekiah, he became the next king at the age of 25. And as I said, the first thing that he did in the first month was reopen the house of God in 2022. If things were cold for you spiritually, the first thing that you got to do is open up your heart to God and let Jesus Christ come on in. You've got to let God come into your life. There may be a lot of filth going on. There may have been something that went wrong. Open up your heart to God and let Christ come in. That's why Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. You that had that filth in your life, you that things were not right, he went to the cross for you. That was his goal. That was his purpose. Jesus came here to fight against the filth of the flesh. And so it was a tense situation there. But Hezekiah decided, hey, I'm going to do something about this situation. You have the keys in your hand to do something about your situation. You don't have to have it to be just like it was the year before. Go forward and live for God. You don't have to be what other people said you were either. They could have looked at the other kings and said, you're going to be just like Ahaz, your dad. No, I'm not. There was a man, Jim Rohn, he talked about this man who had two sons. Grew up in the same household at the same time. This man had two sons. This man, the dad, he was a drunk. One of the sons, as he grew up, he began to get alcohol. He began to be a drunk himself. And somebody asked him, why are you a drunk? He said, hey, because I saw dad doing it. I, I figured out, hey, this is going to happen to me anyway. So he gave himself into that. But the other son, he never became an alcoholic, never became a drunk. He became an upstanding businessman, a good citizen. Somebody asked him, why? Look at your brother. He became a drunk because dad was a drunk. He said, no, I made a different decision in my life. I'm not going to live that way. I don't have to live like he did. And so you can make that same decision. I don't have to live like I used to live. I don't have to live in sin. I'm going to come to God and give myself to Jesus. So Hezekiah was the same way. I don't have to have it like it was. I'm going to live for God. And so he opened up the temple. He called for the priest to come back. There may have been some, that the, the commentator said that there may have been some there who had gotten involved in the worship of idols under, uh, under Ahaz's reign, his dad's reign. And so he called for the priest to come back. He called for the word of God to, to come back into the temple, to open up the temple. He called for the word of God to come back into the, into the people's lives so that the people could hear the word of God. That's exactly what we need to do. Open up the Bible again. Get the word of God out again. Start reading it again. Get it in your heart again. Let God talk to you through his word. So he called for them to come back. He said, hear me, you Levites, come back and sacrifice again. 
we're talking about the pastor even he started to talk about the doing the two invites now that's not a big sacrifice for some but for some people if you've never invited anybody out to church before that might be a sacrifice for you but go out there and do it anyway you know god will bless you for doing it anyway Go out there and do it anyway. There's somebody whose life needs to be changed. There's somebody who needs God in their life. You go out there, that card that you have, it may be the key to unlock somebody's change that they've got on. It may be the key that you tell somebody about the church. You let them know about Jesus. It may be that very thing that sets them free. You could change somebody's life. And so he called for them to come back sacrifice again and remove the filth out of the temple what happened they had let a lot of dirt build up in the temple dad had closed the temple up closed the doors to the temple and there was a lot of filth in there hezekiah told him go in there and clean that out Go in there and get some, I don't know if they had wheelbarrows back then or whatever it was that they had. Got to get out the fabuloso, the spick and span. Got to get out Mr. Clean, the bald-headed guy. Get him out there too. Lottie dottie everybody. Amen. Many hands make life work. Amen. If we all get involved and we all get in this 90-day push, if we all get involved, imagine what God can do. Imagine how many lives could be changed. Imagine how many families could come in here and God could do something in their life. Imagine how we could change our part of St. Louis if we just get together and believe. And so they went in there. The Bible says it took them eight days to clean out the temple. Eight days. They hauled it out and put it in the brook. Eight days. And when you come to Jesus, through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, thank God it doesn't take eight days for God to clean you up. Amen. You can pray in, in, in eight, 18 seconds and God can do something in your life. You say, Lord Jesus, forgive me, wash me clean, make me whole. Jesus can start doing something in your life immediately. You got to keep on coming. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But Jesus can do something in your heart and soul. And so they started cleansing the temple. And then what happened? They began to worship. They began to worship. That's the second thing that they began to do. So Hezekiah told them to clean up the temple. Now the temple was clean. And then they had to come in and let's worship. It's not enough just to pray for salvation. We've got to worship God. We got to come in and tell God, thank you for all that you have done. And when we come to Jesus, he's going to cleanse us. He's going to do his part. But our part is to give our hearts to God. Our part is to get in and worship God. Our part is to read. Our part is to say, Lord, do something in my life. Our part is to come and to be there for God to do something. It's to come on Tuesday for Bible study. To come on Thursday for service. To come Sunday morning, Sunday night. To come and be a soul winner. That's our part to do. And so they had their part to come and worship in the temple. And so the priests, they made their offerings. They offered up a lamb. You know what that represented? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. They offered up that lamb as they went through there. 
And then they made a burnt offering. It was a great time of rejoicing in the Lord Jesus Christ as they began to worship and as they began to praise and and God began to move. It was a celebration. Just imagine the revival that they started having. And when people came down there and they were filled with the goodness of God and they began to sing and they began to rejoice in God and the spirit of God came back and began to move once again in their lives. Imagine just how good it was. Second Chronicles, I'm getting ready to close here. It's funny, Reverend Love, Reverend Love was telling us that he, he, went to a, he went to a church when he was home. He went to a, a, a certain type of church, and, and the preacher said, I'm getting ready to close, or I'm almost done. And he said it was 30 minutes later. The preacher kept on preaching. Like, wow. I think it was Sister Choir. I was telling Sister Choir, I said before we had service, said, if I don't get a nap, I'm going to preach two hours. She said, you go home and get a nap. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 5. Second Chronicles chapter 5, something amazing happened. We're talking about dedicating the temple, the cleansing of the temple, the worshiping, worshiping the temple. In Second Chronicles chapter 5, something amazing happened. There was another king who had dedicated the temple. This is the one, this is Solomon, the great King Solomon. We've all heard his name. He was the the son of David, the first one to have a temple to be built in the name of our Lord. So when Solomon had this temple built, they dedicated the temple. They came in and all the people came from far and wide to come and to worship God and and to have the sacrifices done and to be in the presence of God. So as they came there to worship God, the priests, they all, then the singers, the Levites, they all put on white garments and they began to, to sing. And the Bible tells us that they had trumpeters there. I believe there were trumpeters, 128 trumpeters that were there. I don't know if we even have room for that many trumpeters up here. But they began to play. And as they began to play and the, and the people began to sing, praise the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And as they began to play, the Bible says it all came out as one sound. It all came out as one harmony. They were harmoniously worshiping God, and it sounded so good. God was being glorified, and God had put his stamp of approval on it. How? The glory of God came down in that place, and the people could not even minister unto the people. Why? Because the glory of God was there, and the worship of God was going on. God began to minister to the people right then and there, and that's what we want to happen when we come to the house of God. We want you to come with one mind, one accord, one heart, one soul, ready for God to do something in your life, ready for God to move in your life. We want it to be that we don't even have to preach that the Spirit of God will come down and move in your heart and soul. People will come up to the altar. They'll pray. They'll give their hearts to God. They'll know God was here in their midst tonight. That's what we want. 
We wanted to be like the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. They were all in one accord and one heart. They were all praying, 120 people. The Bible says that suddenly there came one sound. There came a sound of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There were cloven tongues like as a fire that sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. Nobody had to give a message. God was giving a message right then and there. I put my stamp of approval on this place. And it's not just one temple. You are the temple. You are the place where God lives. You are the place where God can come in. You are the place where I want to dwell. I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> you come to the instruments. All right. I don't have too much more to say. Amen. And one of my wife, my wife and I, when we were out in the ministry out in Indiana, one of our favorite memories was when we went out to a fellowship meeting. Reverend Timon, you know, some of you know Reverend Timon. He used to be pastor here years ago. Reverend Timon was out there. He was out, uh, he was our overseer, so he was out there to preach in the service. And there were certain ministers and ministers' wives that were there, and they began to sing. It was like five minutes before church. And one of the sisters, she began to sing. She was at the piano, and, and somebody else was playing the drums, and the sister began to sing. God was already moving right then and there. God just began to start moving. It wasn't like any other service that we had ever been in in our lives. God was starting to move, and as God began to move, uh, uh, Reverend Timmy, he got up and he said, hey, they're already singing. Let's start singing. We began to worship God, and the presence of God came down. Reverend Timmy didn't even have to preach. God started moving right then and there. People were coming up to the altar. They were praying for salvation. People were getting the Holy Ghost. God was moving in their lives. That's what we want to see as we dedicate ourselves to God, as we get cleansed by the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus Christ comes in, as you begin to worship God in spirit and in truth and allow yourself to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's what we want for God to do. And so I want you to do that. We're getting ready to pray. They're getting ready to sing. We're getting ready to come on up and give God glory. Come on up here. Dedicate yourself to God. This is altar call time. I'm closing, but come on up and give your heart to God tonight.